Hello, my name is Bryce Sturmer, and welcome to another episode of the Velodrome Coffee Podcast. The Velodrome Coffee Podcast is a platform to learn more about specialty coffee and to have intelligent discussions about it. So here we go. All right. So everybody, today we've got another great interview. Um, This one is with one of our brand ambassadors. Her name is Alexa Alagon. She lives in Marquette, Michigan and goes to school up there. And um, she has a a movement there, a group called Revive, and um, she formed that earlier this year. So we're going to be talking a lot about sustainability and about Marquette um, and about some things like that. And Alexa is one of our brand ambassadors, and our brand ambassadors are just people we find that have similar views on things like sustainability or coffee or um, life, adventure, that sort of thing. We partner with these people, um, give them resources to talk about us. We try to share their stories. It's kind of just like a, a really just like a collaboration. So she's one of our brand ambassadors, and we've got a really awesome interview coming right up for you. Before we jump into that, though, just a few quick things. Uh, the first is that um, we're still trying to figure out the best way to record interviews through Skype, and been having some issues with that. So the audio quality in this show isn't the best, but uh, if you like the content, let us know, and we are going to keep trying to get out good content, and we're going to figure out the recording piece as soon as we can. Um, also I should mention that we're at 30% right now of our pre-order goal. So we're trying to sell, uh, 300 bags of coffee before we do anything as Velodrome coffee. So it's crucial for us to reach that goal in order for us to accomplish our financial goals and needs for the next phases of our company. So the next phase is to buy a roaster. So we've been looking really hard. Um, we've been looking for maybe a one, maybe up to a five kilo roaster, depending on how much pre-sale we do. So it's really coming down to that. We've only got about two months left until we need to go ahead and start making that purchase. So if you can do any, um, anything at all in order to help support that, whether it be buying a bag, buying five bags, telling people about us, whatever it is, we really need you and we need your help. So that's uh, that's one point. And uh, the other point I should mention is that we do have a blog that we've been trying to put a lot more energy to uh, into lately. Um, and you can check that out at velodromecoffeecompany.com. And we've been trying to write some um, good posts about homebrewing and some different topics like that. So if you're at all interested in learning more about coffee or just getting some more dynamic topics and that sorts of thing, check out our blog. Um, So that's at velodromecoffeecompany.com. So uh, without any further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into this awesome interview with Alexa. So here we go. So uh, today on the show, we have Alexa, and she is a student at NMU. And uh, I met Alexa when we first got things started with Velodrome. Um, she reached out and was like interested in what we were doing with our approach to sustainability and that sort of thing. Because um, she's involved with this program called Revive at Northern Michigan University. And so I brought her on today to talk a little bit about sustainability and some things about Marquette and that sort of thing. Uh, starting to set the stage for Velodrome heading up there. So Alexa, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, you go to school at NMU, but what do you study? What sorts of things do you like to do? And that sort of thing. Great, absolutely. Uh, first off, 
thanks so much, Bryce, for having me on yeah. here. I'm super stoked to be working with you guys, first and foremost. Um, it's really awesome what you guys are doing. Um, my name is Alexa Elegon. I am a senior at Northern, and I'm studying outdoor recreation leadership and management with a minor in sustainability. I'm originally from the Metro Detroit suburbs area, um, Farmington Hills, and it's a funny thing. Growing up, I loved going outside all the time. I would run around barefoot, but my family wasn't too outdoorsy. You know, this whole Marquette culture is a very 180 of what I was used to back home, and so I was really introduced to the whole outdoor industry and recreation of like hiking, backpacking, biking, kayaking, all this stuff when I first came up to Northern. So I think that's what I really, really appreciate that Marquette has brought to me and my experience. And being a senior, I'm going to be super sad to leave because this place is really magical. Um, yeah. But yeah, so one of the classes that I took last semester, it was called Environmental Campaigns with Jessica Thompson. She's a really awesome professor at Northern. And it was part of my sustainability minor, and our project for the class, it was a semester-long project, was just to come up with an environmental campaign that we had to propose to the class at the end of the semester. And as an outdoor rec major and recreating in the outdoors, it's become a really important part of my life and has become a lifestyle for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've established a strong sense of place here in the UP, and I want to keep it wild and accessible for recreation and for future generations to experience the connection with nature because I think it has really, really restorative powers. Um, Definitely. And, yeah. And, you know, as for the sustainability aspect of this whole thing, I believe that as co-inhabitants of this earth, now more than ever, we have to learn how to diminish our footprint because no matter what we do, the earth is still going to move on without us. And mm -hmm. While we're all here, what we can do is just transform our mindsets and how we live our everyday lives. And these wasteful behaviors that our modern consumer society is instilling on us, it's its really something we, that we have the power to address and change. And so I was really inspired by, by Patagonia's campaign. Have you guys looked into the Warner campaign? Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah. Super cool. Awesome. Yeah, so that's basically what Revive is inspired off of. We yeah. want to take... Patagonia's philosophies and values for sustainable consumerism to the students and also the community of Northern because like I said a lot of us come here to recreate and play in the UP because it's so wild and so magical and we have this big backyard and we want to be able to use it for as long as we can so yeah. um, Revive strives to encourage sustainable upcycling um, through the gear that we use to recreate through workshops and mass media presentations and also campus community involvement. So it was really cool to see this little hypothetical class project become something that my group and I were super, super passionate about and wanted to actually make into a, a school organization and instill into the community. And we've had a lot of really awesome feedback from people and a lot of community volunteers who are interested in helping us actually get this started and get this going. So nice. I'm really excited where it's going so far. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And so for people that don't know, um, and you can refresh me as well, but you talked a little bit about like the, the campaign that Patagonia does, and if I'm not mistaken, they go around and they like repair Patagonia clothing, but also any sort of clothing, right? It doesn't have to be yeah. Patagonia? Exactly, yeah. So they actually have this really rad camper that they restored. I'm pretty sure Sweet. it's like solar powered and 
are fueled by biodiesel and whatnot. Oh my and so it's really cool. And they just have like, they just started a college tour stop. Um, okay. So hopefully they'll be able to come to Marquette within the next few months, if not next Sweet. school year. Okay. Um, yeah. And they just post up at campus. They have a um, different kind of like repair techniques that they can do for any Sweet. kind of outdoor clothing. And it, like you said, it doesn't have to be Patagonia, which is really, really awesome because yeah. they're just encouraging sustainable behaviors. Definitely. And that's like what it's all about. That's super cool. So what, what was, uh, what was it that made you want to go to school in, in the UP versus like you said, you're from like Metro Detroit area, right? That's like pretty city, right? Oh yeah. What was the draw? Honestly, my family and I used to go, um, on just summer vacations to the UP all the time. And it was when I actually got all the way up to Marquette and I was just driving the turn as right as you see like superior and like yeah. don't in the background and the sun was just hitting everything right and I just like gasped really loud and my parents were like are you okay and I was like this is where I want to go to school <laughs> so wow it was actually that moment that's Nothing amazing more. I didn't even go see the campus I didn't really know like how like the logistics of the school itself it was just the area was so beautiful that's amazing I love it mm-hmm. that's so cool there's two things that you said just in all of that that I wanted to reflect on and the first was, um, I thought it was interesting how essentially a lot of your passion for this was birthed out of um, just like a hypothetical type project, a project that you had to create that wasn't necessarily like something you had to do. And I've been listening to this podcast a lot called um, How I Built This. Um, it's a really good podcast put out by a guy from NPR and um, they interview like big company owners and CEOs actually interviewed the owner of Patagonia. Um, and that was cool. But basically I've heard a few times on that at podcast, even that people had a similar experience with starting something really great where they're like in college and had this class where they had to like build a business plan. And they're like, okay, this is novel. I'm going to, you know, find an industry that needs innovation and then they do. And then they do something incredible um and then they build like i want to say like warby parker the big glasses company it's here in nashville i want to say that's how it started um and some different companies like that so that's awesome and so when when was that in your school career again um when i took the class yeah yeah it was actually this past fall semester so i'm technically going into my senior year yeah and it was just fulfilled one of my um sustainability requirements as an elective so it was kind of one of those (laughs) oh this class sounds cool let me take it get the credits for it and i didn't expect (laughs) any of this to happen and i'm you know i'm grateful for the opportunity but what was that podcast called again um it's called how i built this okay cool i'll definitely check that out i think it's guy Raz, if i'm not mistaken it's great it's like half the reason i do this podcast is just because i love that one so much yeah i'll Um, definitely write that down Sweet. Cool. So there's that. Uh, so what do you want to do after school now? Do you have any plans so far? <laughs> um, well, trying to describe exactly what my major is to my parents has been kind of a struggle. <laughs> so I'm trying to decide what I actually want to do with it. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely want to go into um, kind of sustainable lifestyle behavior in the industry itself um, in terms of gear 
Okay. And I would love to be able to lead um, kind of like woman-based expeditions and like local guiding trips and whatnot and show people who, you know, aren't too familiar with going outside because it can be intimidating and there's a lot of stuff that goes into it and a lot of terms that are really funky and I would love to just be that connection with the people itself and let them know that there is a sustainable way to do this and enjoy it. So That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. That's so cool. So um, let's jump into kind of like a little bit of the, the meat of the conversation. And, and for us, that is, um, so sustainable and sustainability are words that, that get tossed around a lot, I'd say, in today's culture with millennials and, you know, uh, purchasing and, and, and learning about companies and that sort of thing. So if you were to best uh, describe what sustainability is in like the truest sense, um, how would you go about that conversation? Well, that's a good question. I think necessarily science-based, rather a combination of both liberal studies, biology, ecology, and even communications and marketing-based. And sustainability, to me, is a mindset yeah. of reducing your footprint as much as you can, um, because no matter what we're going to do, it's going to impact the earth. And there's always this continuum of like back and forth with each other. And I think in order to create this mindset, we have to learn as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Learn about our actions and the reactions of it. Mm-hmm. And be able to take that and live as simply as we can. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. So that would definitely be my version Sick. <laughs> of the definition. Yeah, for sure. And I think something you touched on already, and uh, to reiterate, like there, there is definitely a uh, a business or an economic side to sustainability as well, because um, you know there, there's a lot of things involved in what is sustainability. Um, but as you mentioned already, uh, business sustainability is a huge factor, um, just in a consumer society for companies to kind of be leading these sorts of trends and that sort of thing. Um, so I guess the question is then, how do you think, uh, from your perspective, like how do you, what do you want from businesses or what do you see as a way businesses can sort of shift that mindset as you mentioned earlier? Yeah, totally. So one of the reasons why I got really stoked about um, hearing about what you guys are doing is your whole basis on transparency, transparency, excuse me, and this whole kind of farm to table, essentially mindset of knowing exactly where you're getting the things that you buy. And I think that's one of the most important things that we need to know, because there's this whole out of sight, out of mind convenience. Yeah thing going on with a lot of at least people our age you know it's always cool to have the latest gadgets and the branded clothes but if you can't take a step back and really delve into how it was how it got into your hands i think that's what we really really need to work on as a society yeah and so where it goes after too that's really important as well definitely yeah for sure so for, for you and your perspective having the kind of know where it comes from sort of thing is, is pretty important. That's, yeah, I couldn't agree more, um, for sure. So with that, um, a little bit about, a little bit more about like Revive and what are you guys, 
you know, you talked a little bit about it being kind of like the Patagonia model. Um, what other things do you see like within Marquette specifically that are needs or that you guys are doing to try to try to make that mindset shift for people as well? That's a good question. So I actually got to meet um, the Midwest Patagonia traveling team. They came up to um, the Michigan Ice Climbing Festival, oh, which sick. was volunteering for. So they had their own little booth set up, which was really, really cool to actually talk to the people who are out there and doing this. And they have a bunch of um, region-based locations. And okay. so they're just doing really simple repairs. And um, Rachel and Matt, they were the ones who were talking to me, and they said the most important part is just getting out to these events and just being face-to-face and talking with people and just having these conversations of sustainability and how Mm -hmm. can I fix this? And, you know, they weren't doing all these crazy, like, zipper repairs or, like, huge tent patches. They were just small little basic things that I think we've forgotten how to do, like how to start a stitch, how to put a button on, how to patch a hole, those kind of things. And yeah, it was really cool to see that. And so we have done one um, repair workshop so far, and we had two awesome volunteer um, seamstresses from the local Marquette area come out to um, campus, and they did the same sort of basic repair kind of things, like how to start when you have absolutely no idea what you're doing, For sure. which is really cool. And um, like I said, this was a project-based last semester, and things have been pretty crazy lately, so this has been kind of put on the back burner the past couple weeks, but after spring break, our team is super excited to start up those repair workshops again, and we're going to start doing those at the Peter White Library. Um, We are hoping to have a fundraising night at Hudson's where I think 15% of the profits goes towards Revive so we can get a couple more sewing machines and get some more basic repair gear that we can start having bigger workshops and trying to generate more interest. So, so far we're trying to keep our name up (laughs) in the air right now and then solidify some more events to have throughout the next couple months. So we're super excited about that. Awesome. That's so cool. Um, another thing I guess that kind of like ties into all of this with our brand being like bike based and having worked a lot with, have you got, have you connected at all with, uh, Ryan or any of them from the Great Lakes Great Stories group at all? Yeah, I'm actually, um, going on spring break with Ryan and Olivia. We're heading down to Arkansas to go rock climbing for a little nice. bit. Nice. So yeah, so we got a huge group going and I'm super stoked about that and I don't want to do my homework. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they have been so, so awesome, Yeah, and it's so incredible to hear their story, and I'm really glad that you guys got them on this whole wagon, too. It's really cool, Um, and yeah, I'm really excited. Hopefully, they can spread some of the revived philosophies throughout. I know they're trying to, like, document yeah right is that correct yeah, yeah. that would be really yeah. cool i don't know we're like trying to get patches set up so they you know flash a patch in some yes. of their <laughs> some of their videos that would be cool but Heck yeah yeah that's awesome yeah they're they're gonna be like going around the lakes and yeah. if i'm not mistaken like totally by bike and then they're gonna like video and record stories of people around the lakes and i think that's and also, I think zero, uh, what do they call it? Um, zero waste, right? Yeah, zero waste. Mm-hmm. Or I can't remember, the, well, they have a term for it. Um, yeah, they do have a pretty cool term. N- no impact or something. Low, oh, okay. 
something like that. But it's cool. Um, so that's cool. Uh, so with bikes and that sort of thing, one thing you had mentioned earlier on was potentially like a bike repair type aspect to revive. Yeah. Is that something you still are doing or hope to do? Yeah, hopefully in the future. Um, like I said, we are starting basic repairs um, right now in terms of gear, but I would totally love to be able to work with you guys and have kind of incorporate some like repair type workshops like at your at your cafe like once you get it started yeah. up or just kind of like collaborate in some sort of way with like your whole bike delivery service which is so awesome yeah. and so needed in Marquette because it's so bikeable and yes. nobody needs cars ever. <laughs> I know right yeah, yeah. That, that kind of comes back around to like another aspect of sustainability in it for me is like how do you accomplish things that you want to do with like the littlest impact on the environment? So like one of the things I always think about is how much can you actually do by bike versus, you know, uh, using a car for everything? Uh, I think that's another cultural thing that is pretty crazy in our country with just everyone uses a car to do everything. Right, right. Yeah, it's a whole other yeah. world out there. It's all about convenience these days. Nobody wants to, everybody wants to go, you know, for these like crazy backpacking like treks all over the world, but they don't want to like walk to the gas station, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Exactly. That's so true. Yeah, well put, definitely. So after you graduate this spring, is there going to be someone kind of heading up the Revive group from there or what's the plan? Yeah, so my, um, College plans have kind of shifted a little bit, so I will definitely be around in Marquette and taking oh. some classes to finish up until December, so that's Sweet. when I'll actually graduate, so yeah, it'll be really cool to be able to like put my all into this, Heck yeah. um, just as I finish up like with what I need to do, Definitely. Um, and hopefully we, we um, signed up to become an actual registered like school organization, Sweet. and so hopefully we can get that like implemented and like start having like bi-weekly meetings and whatnot and I can kind of hand down the torch to the younger the younger kids because that would be really cool to see it keep going and that's that was our whole you know like long-term plan just to see it keep going because that'd be awesome sweet that's awesome so with all that then like what would be what would be your like two-year goal for this for revive and what would be like if you could if you could do anything with revive and it would could do like no limits. What would be your ultimate goal? Ooh, no limits. Oh man. Okay. Well, we actually had um, some offers with Transition Marquette, who are a local nonprofit who do various um, sustainability and conservation works and kind of like business management events. Um, one Sweet. of our group members, he had um, kind of a connection through them, and Dan Perkins said that he might have a space possibly in Ishpeming to start like a kind of repair cafe thing to like Sweet. branch it out like outside of outdoor gear which would be really cool um so yeah that would be absolutely insane if that actually happened yeah with but I think if we can make a difference on campus while I'm here mm -hmm. that would make me so happy sweet that's awesome very cool yeah, I think I, I when I when you told me about this idea, I just loved it so much because I was thinking about like college, and uh, I didn't go like to traditional college. I went to tech school, so I feel like I didn't quite get the full experience. 
Um, but Tegan, she lived at NMU for two years, and um, from what I know, and, and friends and whatnot, it seems like college is kind of the, not only the time to like make a big change with like how you live, but it seems to also be a time where like convenience is like above all else. And I can see how people in college more than anywhere else are going to be way more apt to just like burn through things and throw them away and just like buy new, buy cheap, and then just like keep that cycle going. What would you say to like a college kid that's like doing that right now? How, how would you like bring up sustainability? How would you try to show them what's better? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it, like I mentioned, that whole out of sight, out of mind thing is kind of what gets to us these days. And for me personally, I worked um, for the Appalachian Mountain Club this past summer, and I was working at one of their um, like backpacker huts that they have cool. along the mountain range. So that was really cool. And every single week, we had to hike in resupplies of food and hike out trash. And it wasn't just like a few of us living there. This hiker hut held like 96 people wow not including all like the through hikers who would come through and stay with us and wow you know having that many people shuffle through each day was a really cool experience but they sure do produce a lot of trash and we were the ones who had to hike that all out and so yeah i think for me that was literally a physical feat that i had to overcome like and it kind of Definitely, it definitely opened up my eyes. Okay. <laughs> I see all of the physical waste that we're producing. So For sure. I don't know if everyone wants to or should go through that <laughs> type of experience, but I don't know. I definitely think it's just simply an education aspect of it, even if it's just having like a compost bin out in the school cafeterias and showing people this is how much food waste we're doing, you know, that kind of thing. Definitely. So I think initiatives where you can physically see the change that you're making yeah. is thing that is a little difficult to come up with, but mm-hmm. definitely have long-term advantages. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think it, it's such a um, – having been to Coffee Origin a few times now and meet, like, farmers and that sort of thing and talk to them about sustainability, the first time I brought it up to one, I was like, so, like, what kind of things are you are you doing to, like, you know – essentially what sustainable practices do you have in place? And they just kind of looked at me weird and they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, like, what do you do to try to like not produce waste and stuff? And they still just kind of looked at me weird. And so finally the, the farmer was like, actually like I view the earth, like I put something in it and it grows a plant that I like base my livelihood off of. So I would never do anything to try to like hurt the earth or like, he's like, so like, you know, we recycle all of the all of the organic matter that we have um, from farming. We re- recycle into fertilizer, all of it, 100%. And then they were, like, recycling water. So after they use water to, like, do this thing with coffee called processing when they take the fruit off of the seed, it gets the water gets a little dirty, but then they can, like, reuse the dirty water for another portion. So they, like, use water twice and all these things. And so then I started to look around me. I was just like, wait, they don't even, like they don't realize this is even sustainability because to them, that's how, that's their mindset already. Um, yeah. And that, that was probably the most eye-opening thing for me with sustainability was like, that is the different mindset. Like, they don't even know what sustainability is because that, that's just what they were doing and have done. Um, so that was inspiring because I was like, wow, uh, yeah, 
that makes a lot of sense. And so though I'm not like the one putting things in the ground and having them grow, uh, I, I am basing my livelihood as a coffee roaster off of that still. And aren't we all when we buy products or when we eat or anything else, you know, we have everything that we do because of the earth. So that was definitely like my awesome. driving factor for sustainability. Yeah. Right. It's so interesting that they, you know, that we have a word for it and you bring it up to them and they don't know what that means because that's just their life, you know? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I know. It, it was very humbling and also yeah, inspiring for sure. That's amazing. And then my ultimate goal with that is I would love to bring like college students or sustainability people from NMU, um, once we're established up there, we have a little cafe going and that sort of thing, and I don't have to be there all the time. Um, I really want to figure out a way to do some like trips to coffee farms around Latin America with college students that are interested in sustainability to see that because that for me was like the ultimate like, this is what sustainability is. Look, every single front, or another thing they do there that blew my mind is like if there's a farmer at like the top of a mountain and there's farms all the way down the mountain, they'll actually like, they'll, the one at the top, they'll all, all these farmers on a mountain will like go in together and buy a truck. And then like the one at the top, when they get done farming for the day, they'll like swing all the way down the mountain and pick up the product from all the other farmers. And they just, they just work together. There's no exchange of money. There's no like, you owe me because we did that or whatever. It was incredible. Like they, they're all just they work together right because they're like yeah like why do we all need a truck you know we're all going to the same place or like why should we all spend that much and then they fix it you know when the truck breaks they have trucks from like world war ii in guatemala that's their like common use for like coffee and it's like no one in america uses anything from world war ii for (laughs) daily use that's so true though yeah so There are just so many fast, like facets every way you looked. It was like, wow, this is incredible. And I can't say that's how it is everywhere for coffee. Right. But from my, I've probably been to a dozen farms or so now. And so far, I've never seen, you know, like people like dumping pollution into streams or anything right. crazy. So, I don't know. Totally different world. Is this from- your recent trip that you just went on or was this one of like your very first ones um so i went to guatemala in november and saw two farms and then was in honduras this last uh what was that last month beginning of last month and we saw a whole bunch of farms then and a whole bunch of uh exporting places and then hopefully in may i'll get to go to nicaragua so i'm trying to work out the details on that right now nice yeah that'd be awesome if you could get students out there especially yeah for sure i think definitely millennials are at that are very impressionable and like like i said if they just get that education it sounds so cliche but we do have the power to change the world we do we just need to know how to do it you know exactly (laughs) i agree yep it's uh there's a lot to be done but i think like you said right at the beginning like you we could have ended the podcast right there, but like sustainability is way more of a mindset or a mind shift than anything else. Because like when you think that way, everything in your life kind of has to change a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. So, um, 
anything else to add or thoughts or how, first of all, how can people find out about revive if they want to hear more about what you're doing with that? Um, check us out on our Facebook page. Like, um, we've kind of been inactive in terms of events and programs and whatnot so far the past couple of weeks, but in the next upcoming months, we're definitely going to have those set up. Um, yeah. So just give us a like and follow the rest of our journey as we keep going forward with this. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Well, that about does it, uh, I think. Do you have anything else you want to add or any other thoughts for people out there? You know, not that I can think of right now. <laughs> Sounds good. Probably as soon as I end this call, I'm going to think of 10 other things that like, I want to say. Why didn't we talk about that? All, but <laughs> yeah. Sweet. No, nothing right now. <laughs> all right. Well, fair enough. It was a pleasure talking with you, Alexa. We can't wait to get up there and to be surrounded by like-minded people and to do cool stuff. And what's your Instagram handle again in case people want to follow you? Uh, Yeah, it is A-L-A-G-O-N-E-R, Alagoner. Sweet. Awesome. And so, yeah, Alexa is also a, a brand ambassador for us at Velodrome because we just think she's cool and also has a great mind for sustainability and that sort of thing. So whenever we see someone who we can like align our vision and values with, we get really excited. So thanks for being awesome and wish you all the best with future stuff with Revive and we'll see you soon. Cool. Thanks so much, you guys. Thank you. Guys you. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right, and that does it for another episode of the Velodrome Coffee Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and you can tune in every two weeks for a new episode available on iTunes, on SoundCloud, our website directly. Um, A special thanks to Space Capone and him allowing us to use his track RUDTF for our theme music. Also, special thanks to our guests that we had on the show and to all those who make this podcast possible. If you have any questions or you'd like to contact us and be a guest on the show or have a question you'd like us to answer in the podcast, you can email us at bryce at velodromecoffeecompany.com. Also, don't forget to head on over to velodromecoffeecompany.com and pick up a bag of coffee. Um, Supporting us that way will be one of the ways to keep this podcast going. So if you like what you hear, head on over to the site.